Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. All right, two weeks from today, two weeks from today, not today, not next Tuesday. The following Tuesday is Election Day. You ready? I've got a good analysis. Some of you got a little disappointed in me and and deflated somewhat yesterday after I analyzed the states that are necessary for Donald Trump to win. And um, I'll give you an I'll give you that analysis again, but with a little different spin and take on it. There actually is this guy, Paul Mushine. This guy doesn't like me at the Star Ledger. He did a great job today analyzing the the past polling and how polls have been wrong. I thought he did a really good job today. Got to give him credit. We'll also go over that electoral map in detail for you. Uh, We've got 65 elite media reporters now in the latest WikiLeaks Clinton email dump in bed with Hillary's campaign. Shocking. You know, this is a story I promise you we've got unfinished business with Republicans, with the media, with this globalist mentality establishment that's failing the American people that we're all going to get into on November 9th, win, lose, or draw, I am, uh, I've got a lot to say about a lot of these people, but i got to stay focused like a laser beam here because there's too much that we've got on the table. This election, I'm telling you, is winnable for Donald Trump. I'm just saying it's not easy. Early polling numbers in terms of early vote seem somewhat encouraging. Depends how you look at them. I'll explain that, too, in the course of the program. But I'll tell you what the big story is here. Well, we also have the Clinton Fixer is going to be on the program today, and the original insurgent Patrick J. Buchanan is going to be on. And what I think is our top story today is 
We've got Obamacare is about to turn into a disaster. Uh, it, it is now doing what we what those of us warned you would happen, that you are being lied to, that you're going to lose your doctor, lose your plans and save and not save money. Now all the evidence is in. All right. Let me give you some of the latest numbers for this year alone. Because in spite of the promises, well, let's play the promises. This way you have it fresh in your mind. This is what you were promised by your government. Just like Social Security is going to be put in a lockbox. Social Security is going to be bankrupt in 18 years. You know why? Because they spent, they squandered the money that they were supposed to save for you in your retirement. And just like they squandered your children's money by borrowing 10 trillion dollars in the last eight years under obama and doubling the national debt and accumulating more debt than every other president before him combined there's a reason why these things happen which should factor into people's decision making when they go into the polls two weeks from today let's remind you what you are promised when you hear about the affordable care act obamacare and i and I don't mind the name because I really do care. A system where we're going to work with your employers to lower your premiums by up to $2,500 per family per year. Add it all up, and the plan I'm proposing will cost around $900 billion over 10 years. We will start by reducing premiums by as much as $2,500 per family. There are also those who claim that our reform efforts would ensure illegal immigrants. This, too, is false. Here's what change is saying to people who already have health insurance and the employers who are providing it will work to lower your premiums by up to $2,500 per family per year. I will not sign a plan that adds one dime to our deficits, either now or in the future. I also have a health care plan that would save the average family $2,500 on their premium. If you've got health insurance, you like your doctor, you like your plan, you can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan. We're going to work with your employer to lower the costs of your premiums by up to $2,500 a year. And, and I will make sure that no government bureaucrat or insurance company bureaucrat gets between you and the care that you need. And we'll cut the cost of a typical family's health care by up to $2,500 per year. The best example is the claim made not just by radio and cable talk show hosts, but by prominent politicians that we plan to set up Panels of bureaucrats with the power to kill off senior citizens. It is a lie, plain and simple. No matter what you've heard, if you like your doctor or health care plan, you can keep it. Under the reform we seek, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. It not only means making sure you can keep your family's doctor or keep your health care plan if you like it, but also that you can afford to do so. We're going to put in any legislation considered by the House or the Senate the protection of you as an individual to keep the health insurance you have if that's what you want. If you like what you have, you will be able to keep it. Mr. President, let me say this again. If you like what you have, when our legislation is passed and signed by our president, you will be able to keep it. There's multiple choices that are being discussed right now, but the first thing is, first of all, uh, that is critical is that uh, if you got a doctor now, you got a medical professional you want, you get to keep that. Now I know. My Republican opponents will try to equate health care for all Americans with government-run health care. Well, don't let them fool us again. This is not government-run. There will be no new bureaucracies. You can keep the doctors you know and trust. 
You keep the insurance you have, if you like it. And save money. Okay, let me give you some facts. What's happening now? Just this year, coming year alone, one in ten Obamacare enrollees will lose their current plan. 1.4 million people in 32 states will be looking for new plans. We've got 17 of Obama's 23 approved health care cooperatives will shut down. 20, 17 of 23. That is a significant amount. Since Obamacare has been implemented, not, have you not, not only have you not saved $2,500 a year, the average increase heading into this year is $4,100 per family. Whoopsie-daisy. You've got the nation's five largest insurers have decided to significantly back out of their coverage for this coming year following cumulative losses of nearly a billion dollars from Obamacare in 2015 and 2016. United Health Group, well, they're reducing their coverage from 34 states to three states next year. Humana, they are reducing their coverage by close to 90 percent with plans being offered in 156 counties, as opposed to 1,351 this year. Aetna, they're cutting nearly 70% of their coverage uh, with a plan to offer health insurance in only 242 counties. In other words, health plan choices are gone, done, shrinking, and out of the way. Now, that doesn't even tap into the big story of the day, which is the collapse of Obamacare, forcing health insurance rate hikes through the roof that people like me tried to warn you about, and all the major insurance companies scaling back, United, Health, Cigna, Aetna, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Humana, you name it, they're all getting out, all of them. They don't want any part of it because they can't make money, so they're abandoning ship. Now, when you can find an Obamacare policy that doesn't break the bank, The deductibles are going to be so high, it's like having no health insurance at all. And that also gives the insurer a monopoly, allowing them pretty much to charge anything that they want. Now, we have a report from WBEZ.org. The University of Chicago Medical Center said Monday that they don't plan to be in the network for any Obamacare marketplace plans next year. That change means that patients with doctors at the hospitals will either need to find a plan off marketplace and lose Obamacare subsidies or find a new doctor. Now, by the way, that's the hospital where Michelle Obama served as the vice president for community and external affairs. They're getting out of Obamacare this year. That's a great testimonial, isn't it? Now, the number of cities that Uh, The numbers being cited in the number of cities and towns and and states impacted is dramatic. A minimum average increase of 25 percent. Now, Zero Hedge points out that Obamacare premiums are skyrocketing out of sight. Let me give you some examples. And uh, in Minnesota, for example, Blue Cross Blue Shield is pulling their preferred, preferred provider organization plans from the state's online exchange. And they now have such a narrow network that has been approved in Minnesota. By the way, you're going to vote for Hillary? 55% rate increase. Good luck to you. Let's see. In New Mexico, a 93% increase. In uh, states, let's see. Oh, Arizona. I see Arizona's a, a swing state this year, so they say. 
Well, Arizona might see as many. Uh, we'll see between 50 and 92 percent increase. Illinois, Montana, Oklahoma. Oh, Pennsylvania's there, too. You're going to see a 50 to 92 percent increase. Um, approved hikes of 30 to 49 percent in Alabama, Delaware, Hawaii, Kansas, Mississippi, and Texas. Um, hey, you folks out of New Mexico, who, according to the latest poll, are backing Hillary now by 10 points. Uh, I hope you enjoy your 93% Obamacare rate hike because your only chance to avoid it is to elect Donald Trump because he'll repeal and replace this monstrosity. And uh, you Pennsylvania voters, you might see a 92% increase Obamacare rate hike, uh, but that's because, you know, you're only going to get that if you put Hillary in the White House in two weeks from today. And by the way, it's not just the money. The quality of care is declining to the extent where people like me and Governor Palin and Betsy McCoy uh, told you that it was going to die on the vine and death panels were a reality because that's exactly what happened with the National Institutes for Health. You know, they factor in what your what your life expectancy is before they give you that hip operation or that knee replacement. If you're with the National Health and uh, National Institutes for Health in Great Britain, and I told you that's all coming here. By the way, kudos to Betsy McCoy. She's the only one that seems to have noticed the life and death catastrophe. And she reported back in May that President Obama's Medicare cuts are killing seniors, killing death panels. In other words, his new law, health law, Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, tried to cut Medicare spending by paying bonuses to hospitals that spend less uh, per senior per year. The result, okay, hospitals, they want to get Uncle Sam's bonus. So seniors at those hospitals, they're not getting the right antibiotic and other treatments that they need, and in some cases they're even dying of pneumonia and heart attacks and heart failure at higher rates than patients in other hospitals that provide more care. As a matter of fact, oh, I have here in front of me, the Archives of Internal Medicine, it shows there are more deaths at lower-spending hospitals. By the way, You know, who's votes Democrat? Democrats keep saying the rich, the rich, tax the rich. Okay, you think think they really care for you? Pay close attention to what the archives of internal medicine point out at low-spending hospitals. In other words, let let me interpret that for you. Poorer neighborhoods. In fact, they write, 17,822 seniors who died over four years in the lowest-spending hospitals just in California would have survived with more care. Oh, there really are death panels. So if you want to see more of this, go elect Hillary. One of the many, many reasons that I told you you got bad news for Hillary. Look, they all voted for this. You know, first it was Hillary care, then it evolved into Obamacare. Hillary threw WikiLeaks as saying she really wants to double down on stupid here and even move towards a single payer, which would be an absolute disaster. Now, our nation spends twice as much per person on health care as any other industrialized nation, but we lag behind on measures like infant mortality, survival rate for disease, death due to medical error. You know, in, in there was a book written... Uh, Patient power is one of them that talks about health care savings accounts. But, you know, you want to look at the swing states? Arizona, they could have as high as a 90% increase. You know, Blue Cross Blue Shield, the largest insurer, 43% of the market, initially sought a 65% increase this year. 
Blue Cross says they lost $185 million on individual policies. In Colorado, their state has improved uh, premium hikes of up to 21% or higher this year. This will impact 450,000 of you in Colorado. You know, these increases are the largest in Colorado since Obamacare was enacted. And on average, the average family across the country is paying $4,100 a year. Colorado increases in 2017 could be worse than those nationally, according to the Denver Post, in 16 of their major cities. People in Colorado may be on the hook for historically large health insurance premium increases next year. That was NBC News. And it's not just in Colorado. It's all over the country. It's in Florida. In Florida, you'll pay a minimum of 25% increases. Blue Cross, Blue Shield of Florida was approved for a 20% increase. Uh, Celtic Insurance, they were approved for a major increase. Florida Health Care Plan, they're paying a major increase. Health Options is paying a major increase. Health First Commercial Plans, major increase. Humana, Florida, major increase, 36.8%. Iowa, same thing. You're going to average a 28, 29, 30% increase with Aetna or Gunderson Health Plans or Medica Insurance Plans or Wellmark Plans, all you're going to pay for. Michigan, by the way, you're going to have a major hike in case you're interested. Nevada, you're going to have a major hike. New Hampshire, you're going to have a major hike. North Carolina, you're going to pay over 25% more. Ohio, you're going to have a major increase. Pennsylvania, you're going to have one of the highest increases. Virginia, go enjoy your Obamacare. Suck on it. Enjoy it because it's not going to save your life. Wisconsin, same thing. You're going to pay major amounts of increases. Good luck with that. Pretty interesting. 25 till the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN. 14 days. Two weeks from today is election day. Best election coverage continues. Remember how Democrats insisted last week we all need to unite behind whoever wins the election? Well, I guess that only applies if Donald Trump loses, because apparently the president cannot bring himself to say that he'd unite behind the Trump presidency. It's pretty interesting. A White House aide failed to deny rumors that President Barack Obama is planning to leave the United States if Trump wins the White House, if, uh, if Trump wins the election. I'll pay. Uh, hang on a second. I'm offering a I'll even rent a plane as big as Air Force One to take care. Anyway, Josh Ernest, the White House propagandist, was asked yesterday whether Obama was planning to flee abroad if Trump, a man he said is unfit to hold office. By the way, if anyone was unfit if we haven't learned by now, it's Obama. God, the worst presidency in our lifetime by far. Uh, in response, Ernest would only say that Obama was campaigning to ensure that no one would le- would have to leave because of a Donald Trump presidency. The rumor mill apparently first started when a Canadian satire site uh, carried an article saying Obama was planning to move to Canada if Trump was victorious. The piece was entitled, Obama declares his family will move to Canada if Trump is elected. And carried a fictitious statement supposedly from Obama, which said, It's something Michelle, the kids, and I have discussed as a potential solution to the Donald. Anyway, when asked about the rumors on Air Force One, Ernest said Obama would spend a significant time campaigning for Hillary and other Democrats down the ballot. He's working very hard to make sure that nobody has to leave the country, blah, blah. So they're not saying for sure. Well, I have an offer for the president. I will charter a plane. For you and your family, I will make sure it's as big a plane as Air Force One. What you have grown accustomed to, in other words, taxpayer-funded plane. I don't know where I'm going to get. Maybe I'll, tr- maybe I'll just, maybe I'll ask Trump if I can charter his plane for Obama.
That's what I will charter John, Donald Trump's plane if he'll let me. And I will charter it to the country of your choice. You want to go to Canada? I'll pay for you to go to Canada. Want to go to Kenya? I'll pay for you to go to Kenya. Jakarta, where you went to school back in the day, you can go back there. Anywhere you want to go. I'm going to I'll, I'll put the finest food, caviar, champagne, you name it. I have one stipulation. You can't come back. That's fair. And I'll do that for any Hollywood liberal that swears they're going to leave, too. Um, all right. Let me go. Washington Post. Donald Trump has zero chance of winning. Donald Trump's chances of winning are approaching zero, they say. OK. There is. Let me give my analysis um, of this. Some of you were, I guess, what's the right? Dispirited? Maybe. Um, I don't know, just unhappy with the reality that I'm giving you uh, about the election. I'm not in the business of being Pollyanna and, you know, saying that everything's going to be okay. This guy, Paul Mushine is his name. I I know over the years, I think this guy has hated my guts. I may be wrong. Maybe I have it mixed up with somebody else, but I think so. He says, we prepare to enter the final two weeks of this campaign. Here's how things shape up. On the one hand, we have a candidate who's accused of hiring crazed fanatics to aid in her campaign. Then we have a candidate who gets crazed fanatics to help in his campaign for free. Who's going to win? At the moment, the most reliable poll in recent history is giving a slight edge to the guy who fires up fanatics for free. That's Donald Trump. And as of Saturday, well, now it's it's pretty much dead even with the uh, Investor's Business Daily poll. Anyway, so that's where we are today. This lead is within the margin of error, but it's fascinating that Trump could still be in contention after a couple of weeks of what looked like the worst weeks in history. To find out why, I called the president of the Ramsey-based Technometrica, the company that does the actual polling for investors' business daily. The IBD tip tracking poll was rated the most accurate. This is the one that has them even. The most accurate in the 2012 race by the New York Times. While other polls had Republican Mitt Romney up by several points going into the election, we forget that, don't we? That's why a lot of you are so disappointed. You thought Romney was going to win. The poll correctly showed Obama ahead, the IBD poll. Now check this Business Insider article. IBD tip called the race in 2012. They had Obama by three points while other polls were calling it for Romney. In 2008, the IBD poll got Obama's victory margin right down to the decimal point at 7.2%. And the cycle before that, the poll put George W. Bush at 2.1% going into an election that he won at 2.5%. So that's a pretty solid track record. And recent polling, recent elections. This is not past history here. So that means he's perfectly positioned to answer the question that Hillary Clinton raised a month ago. Why am I not ahead by 50 points? The reason, said the Indian-born graduate of NJIT and Rutgers, is that support on either side is hardened to the point that scandals do not seem to matter, even the recent allegations against Donald Trump. His core support is staying intact. It's not as if somebody's jumping ship because of scandal and moving over to Hillary's column. And you're not going to see Clinton supporters going over to Trump either, no matter what like WikiLeaks leaks. That's where the fun begins. And then they point out that on Saturday, the poll was tied. It's been back and forth a point between the two of them, and it stays that way. And Trump uh, again proves he is an adult on foreign policy, et cetera, et cetera. 
I'm sure the mainstream media will find a way to distort Donald Trump's big foreign uh, speech on foreign policy. But he again proved he's a candidate who wants peace with Russia in the Middle East. That means Clinton loses more voters to third party candidates than Trump. I think that perhaps these are people who believe Trump is not acceptable, he said. If you pitch Clinton versus Trump alone, they'd vote for Clinton. But when they have other options, they'll abandon her. And he said he isn't the only one. His poll is not the only one released in recent days that had Trump ahead with four candidates in the race, which is the reality of what this race is. Anyway, only one had Clinton winning a four-way race. It's like a stock trading in a very narrow range. Then there's the question of enthusiasm. He says this will not be a replay of Obama versus Romney. Now that the issue of whether the Democrats rig elections is back in the news, he said, let's take a look back at a few pieces I wrote when Al Gore was doing what Donald Trump is only threatening to do. And you've got to keep in mind the intensity of Democrats is not as high as what Trump has, he said. Clinton is not able to excite the base as much as Obama was able to. I've seen recent events. I attended in person. Clinton gets polite but reserved reception. By the way, poor Tim Kaine had an audience of 30 people in Florida. Oh, my God, 30 people. It's so embarrassing. Anyway, Clinton gets polite applause. And he said that's what makes this race difficult to predict, unlike the prior two, which he said, which were divinely ordained. He said in 2008, no Republican could have won after the financial tsunami. In 2012, Hurricane Sandy happened. It made Obama look presidential and put a stop to any momentum that Romney could get. This time around, Trump is tapping into what he called an ethos of populism that is keeping the race tight, despite scandals that would have finished off any other politician. But he said, and he goes on to say, but what about the other polls showing Clinton leading by eight or so after the tape came out? He said, typically what happens is that I lead the polls, they follow me. That's because his tracking poll is done on a daily basis. It uses a rolling average that incorporates results from the prior five days. It's a good way of detecting trends, and the trend is toward a close race, he says. I can say this much with confidence. This race is going to be tightening for them, he said, meaning other polls. I believe that, too. And the other polls, why? Because they all want to get it right at the Oh, we were right. Oh, but see, we told you. We saw this coming. But meanwhile, they want to deflate how you feel. Look, that's the word I was looking for. I know some of you are deflated when I go over the states that need to be won. I'm, I'm just not in the position. I can't lie to you. This is very hard. If Donald Trump is going to win, and we're on in every one of these states, pay close attention. Louisiana must remain in Trump's column. I think it will. Mississippi must remain in Trump's column. I think it will. Montana must remain in Trump's column. I think it will. South Dakota, Tennessee, Alaska, Kansas, Nebraska, Congressional District 2, without which it's game over. And the same goes for Indiana. I can't see Indiana going for Hillary this time. Missouri, Missouri, you know, if you want Donald Trump to be president, Missouri has to go for Trump. South Carolina will go Trump, I believe. Utah will go Trump, I believe, I hope. If not, it's game over. Then it gets tough for Trump to win. He's got to get Florida, Ohio, North Carolina, Nevada, Iowa, Arizona, Georgia, Texas, and Maine, the second congressional district. Without Maine, he's at 269 if, for example, he gets New Hampshire. That means that Donald Trump has to win all of them. He has to win Florida, has to win Ohio, has to win North Carolina, 
has to win Nevada, uh, has to win Iowa, has to win Arizona, must win Georgia, Texas, and Maine CD Congressional District 2. Then he's either got to win Minnesota. There's a poll that shows it's close, but Minnesota hasn't gone Republican since, what, 84? 88, maybe. I don't remember. Or he's got he's to win New Hampshire or Minnesota or, obviously, Pennsylvania. That would be a game changer. Or Wisconsin or Colorado or New Mexico or Virginia or Connecticut or Michigan. I'm sorry, that is not easy. That needs to be a Trump tsunami. That means he has to run the table. So when I, I, I'm not trying to deflate you, I'm trying to energize you. Assume you're behind. Trust, you know, if you want to look at the poll that's been most accurate, stay with the IBD poll. It's a one-point race now. But national polls really don't matter. What matters are the states I just mentioned to you. That's what matters here, not anything else. Now, I can go over a history about how bad polling has been over the years. A friend of mine, uh, Rowan Scarborough, posted this on his on his Facebook page, and he points out back in 2014, the final polls released before the election, according to Real Clear Politics and key races, you know, they're not for, foregone conclusions. For example, Republican Governor Larry Hogan. You know, they had him losing by double digits in Maryland. Dark blue. New York Times, YouGov poll had him down 13 points. Washington Post said he was down 11. He won by 3.8. Those arguing Hogan must have attracted last-minute undecideds. Well, that doesn't wash either because at about the same time, the local firm, Gonzalez Research, polling for the GOP, said that the Democrat, Anthony Brown, was only up two points. While wrong, at least they were accurate, or at least fairly accurate, then you had Mark Warner was the odds-on favorite to win big in Virginia. New York Times, YouGov had him up by 10. Public policy polling, nine-point lead. Local university predicted he'd win by 20. Well, he won by 0.8% over Ed Gillespie. And, and everybody had left Virginia thinking it was over. Again, you know, local pollster, they got it right. Republican Pat Roberts, most major polls right up to Election Day had Roberts tied with the independent Greg Ormond in Kansas. Four polls had Ormond ahead uh, of Roberts. Roberts won by nearly 11 points, 10.6 points. How could they be so wrong? YouGov, the firm used by the New York Times, had Roberts by one point. Public policy had Ormond winning by one. Joni Ernst, Iowa. Major pollsters had that race closer than it ended. YouGov Democrat, they had the YouGov had the Democrat winning. Quinnipiac had it a tie. If any major poll at Ernst winning was by a few points, she won by 8.3. Kentucky, Matt, Ga Matt Bevan, one of the few major 2015 races. It followed a pattern of major pollsters undercounting GOP turnout. They had Bevan losing to the Democrat Jack Conway. Survey USA said he was down five. Mason Dixon had him down two. Bevan won 8.7. And, you know, how could they get the, how can they get all these things wrong? Look, I don't know. I'm just telling you what the truth is. I tend to trust polls to a certain extent. I throw out the highs, I throw out the lows, and I kind of look in the middle. And if I do that, then Trump's behind. You know, but if he can win all these states I mentioned, he will be the next president. And that is in your hands. By the way, as a development in WikiLeaks, the Clinton email dump 
We learned that Clinton's top aides were worried that Obama deliberately lied to the American people. And uh, Mills wrote to John Podesta, we need to get this cleaned up. He has emails from her. They don't say, they do not say state.gov. They've known about this forever. He's been implicated, which actually explains a lot. Also, WikiLeaks now has told us, oh, look at this, 65 big-name reporters who work for elite media coordinating their stories with Hillary's campaign staff. Well, 38 national reporters. Oh, let's see. They went to John Podesta's house for dinner. How come I didn't get my invitation? By the way, not one from Fox News. Clinton campaign sent out invites to New York reporters in April of 2015. They all get to go to dinner. Yeah, people from the AP, ABC, Bloomberg, CBS, CNBC, CNN, Huffington Post, L.A. Times, MSNBC, McClatchy, National Journal, New York Times, Politico, Reuters, The Hill, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal. Where's my invitation? How come I didn't get one? There's a scary story out that I'll get to eventually. I haven't had time to. Critics of uh, Donald Trump on both the left and right are calling for a crackdown on conservative media after the election. Quote, the Republican base remains largely unreachable. Locked away in a space which only figures like Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, Matt Drudge hold the keys. Let's see. Senior reporter, etc. The GOP has appeased this conservative base. You got people that are in my business that want to put limits on what I do. Wow. I guess they don't believe in freedom of speech, do they? We'll deal with all this. I Believe me, we have a long list on November 9th we're going to hit. I made this case and that we had to go forward. We had no choice anymore but to go for a special counsel. And man, she just jumped down my throat. It was fierce and chilling. She kind of belittled him in front of everybody. And, and anybody that stood up and tried to say this is a bad idea was, you know, smashed down and belittled um, very personally. Did you ever throw a lamp at your husband? No, I didn't. Did you ever throw a Bible at your husband? No, I didn't. Do you have a terrible temper? No, but I do get angry about things. I'm not going to deny that. If you go to the go to the end of the line. Why don't you go to the end of the line? The fact is, we had four dead Americans. Was it because of a protest, or was it because of guys out for a walk one night who decided they'd go kill some Americans? What difference at this point does it make? You want me to tell you what my husband thinks? My husband is not the Secretary of State. I am. <laughs> so you ask my opinion, I will tell you my opinion. I'm not going to be channeling my husband. This woman, this little, little soft-spoken, pardon me for the phrase, dowdy woman, that was seen very unassertive, took a hold of my hand and squeezed it and said, do you understand everything that you do? I could have passed out at that moment. And she held on to my hand and she said, do you understand everything that you do? I mean, cold chills went up my spine. That's the first time I became afraid of that woman. I am so sick. I am so sick of the Sanders campaign lying about me. I'm sick of this. And I also think we'd be a lot better off if we actually talked to each other instead of yelling at each other. I'm sick and tired of people who say that if you debate and you disagree with this administration, somehow you're not patriotic. And we should stand up and say we are Americans and we have a right to debate and disagree with any administration.
Nation. All right, so who is the real Hillary Clinton? Hour two, right down our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. It's 800-941-SEAN. Now, we've been following the story of this nine-page bombshell of the National Enquirer. You know, the same people that got the John Edwards story right, the same people that got the Jesse Jackson story right, the same people that got monkey business, Gary Hart right, the same people that got O.J. Simpson right. I don't, I don't understand. Every time this happens, that's a, that's a tabloid. It's a tabloid with a pretty damn good track record. I'm glad they're not on my case for crying out loud. Not that I'm doing anything wrong. I know a talk show host, by the way, they could be on their case. Uh, but that's a different story for a different day. But anyway, so it's nine pages. The headline is revealed at last. The bombshell proof that Hillary silenced Bill's sex victims. Uh, the secret operative who Bill and Hillary hired to hide the scandals. The Clintons open marriage. Uh, hookers, tragic lovers, lies and spies, dirty tricks, shocking bribes to journalists who, quote, knew too much. And they describe in this piece a guy by the name of Mr. Fixit. And for the first time, he is now breaking his silence. And they made a series of blockbuster claims about this dark and dirty business, how he was able to diffuse 12 specific scandals through a network of lawyers and businessmen and thugs and double-dealing journalists who cut the Clintons' favorable deals. Mr. Fixit's name is Jeff Rovin. He was on Hannity last night. He joins us, as well as Dylan Howard. And Dylan, of course, is the content officer and vice president of AMI, which is the parent company of the National Enquirer. Mr. Rovin, tell us your story. Well, I was doing celebrity interviews, and uh, that put me in uh, in contact with somebody who was very close to the Clintons. And... Uh, the Clintons engaged me to uh, help, you know, to basically bury stories that were not favorable. It was something I had been doing for celebrities unofficially for about 20, 25 years. And um, right. so I had had experience in doing exactly that. Okay. So tell us how you, how you got hooked up with the Clintons and tell us specifically what you did. Because the headline is proof that Hillary silenced Bill's sex victims. What I did was listen for stories coming out of the tabloids. By that I mean uh, we were in touch with all of the reporters. I knew most of them from my work, and uh, whenever they heard something, they told me. Typically, they would hear it from uh, the people we called the invisibles, the limo drivers, the hotel staff, the wait staff. They all get paid, those guys, especially out in L.A., right? Absolutely. Look, they're they're always watching for celebrities to do something because that way they can phone in a $1,000 tip. And you do that a couple of times a week, and uh, you can make uh, some Some serious money. money. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. But don't they know that the the celebrities, which guys are giving them up? If you go to X restaurant, they know don't go back there. You're going to be ratted out. No, because you sit in a studio commissary, for example, and you think, you know, God, I can say anything here. I was sitting yeah. next to somebody who uh, who had just had a baby and said, how did the tabloids know before, you know, I we made an announcement? And I was thinking, well, because guys like me are sitting here. Yeah. And uh, you think you're protected, and uh, clearly you're not. No, I totally understand. Right, let me kind of bring it, Dylan into this, too, because, Dylan, you went over years of ledgers mm. and notes, and, and actually Jeff was nice enough to bring some today, and... The Inquirer was part of a, a deal that you made with him fixing for the Clintons, right? Yeah, not that I made it. I wasn't involved. It was involved. Your, pre- your predecessor. My, one of my predecessors uh, was yeah. said to have uncovered, as my understanding is, um, an audio recording that was being shopped to the media outlet. 
and before uh, he could actually acquire that audio tape, which was a voicemail recorded by a hooker that mentioned Bill Clinton's name, Roven uh, swooped in, orchestrated a deal whereby the National Enquirer would get access to Roger Clinton's wedding. To me, at that's the, at the White House. It, I mean, it, sorry, instead it, of it was in no, Dallas. Actually, actually Sean, uh, it was sorry. at the Dallas Arbor Reader. I, I apologize, but that's it okay. was access that no other major media had. The yeah. National Enquirer, a scandal sheet that had mm. chronicled the issues of the Clintons for many years beforehand, and all of a sudden they have a front row seat at the wedding, and they have an exclusive White House photograph, an interview with Hillary Clinton, the First Lady. It's remarkable. I mean, to me, that's the smoking gun. Yeah, then the fact that you went over... All these ledgers yeah. and all these notes of his. Um, and by the way, you haven't lived until you've seen uh, Bill sing. Uh, excuse me, the president sing uh, uh, accompaniment to uh, to a, a pianist. Um, and the the tragedy to me, partly too, was that the public never saw that side of him. That was at the reception at the wedding. But hang on a minute, Jeff. That 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 that's that's BS. No. You, here you are trying to protect Bill Clinton, yet this story is so much more than that. This story might not necessarily be about the misdeeds of Bill Clinton. It's about something more important in my eyes, and that's why we told this story. That's why I investigated it for two years, because it's about corruption. It's about how the Clintons abused their power in order to protect their secrets, and that's where you come in. Yes, that's true, but I also feel a journalist's obligation to be uh, even-handed, and what I stand by the statement that the people who elected then never got to see them in private. Of course, you rarely do. That's that comes with the territory. All right, but let's get specific. Um, which is here. true about well, Hillary. What did you fix? What did you What did you do for them? Well, initially it was all about Paula Jones and uh, and uh, Jennifer Flowers, and uh, that seemed to me a, a pretty easy thing to do. It was out there, and all I had to do was put out little brush fires when they erupted. But then there was more and more of this sort of thing erupting. And that's, Do you know about hookers and Bill Clinton? Well, what I know is that at this particular wedding situation, uh, there was an audio recording uh, that offered essentially to set up one of the women who was at a bachelor party with the president when he came to town. And uh, that was really the the most incriminating part of it, as far as I was concerned. What did you see? What are, what should the public know about what you have fixed? In other words, I, I, I do think Dylan is right here. This is about scandal. This is about a cover-up. This is about a false persona that they're putting out and manufacturing for the American people. And we've got an election 14 days from today. Yeah, and that's why I'm here. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'm here. Partly to keep the names. Yeah, but of, you got to tell us what they did. And no, what, I understand. Why, I, did, why is this story important? Right, I'm getting there. Uh, one of the things is to keep the people who are basically innocent out of this and also the people who made some bad judgments out of this. What I did was not as much fixing as putting up a smokescreen, creating walls, putting up uh, screens so that people couldn't see, making sure that in one case uh, uh, Hillary was came in one door and went out another to get into a limousine to go to a hotel. Um, that's that's the kind of thing that also was part of this job. So, uh, so in other words, obfuscating for them, covering for them, letting them get it. It was you know. I mean, I uncovered one particular instance whereby there were photographs of. Bill Clinton, uh, and an actress in a car alone. Um, it is my understanding that they were taken by a paparazzo, but those photos never saw the light of day. Correct. And you talk, you're talking about Marky Post. Yeah. Why? Because I was told to pay off the photographer. And, and how much did you pay him? I didn't pay him anything because his studio burned down the uh, the night before the payoff was supposed to be made. You think that was an accident? I don't know. I truly don't know. The timing is odd, I will confess. Timing is odd? It seems like... <laughs> how often do you hear about... 
photography studios burning down. In Malibu, one never knows. All right. Well, what about this letter about Monica Lewinsky? Yeah, that was uh, that was a file put together, research put together by the White House, by the West Wing, and given to me, uh, slightly redacted, which I was supposed to then feed to the tabloids. Star, Smear, slander, besmirch, say that she is a woman, according to parents, that drove her in a carpool that was unstable, emotionally needy. For some reason, they said she was attracted to gay men, but, but dirty tricks to slander this girl and make her out to be a nut. Yeah, and as if that wasn't, weren't enough, uh, the tabloid reporters I contacted were supposed to find out more. They, mm-hmm. they were supposed to dig deeper, and they did dig deeper. And uh, then it was uh, was the president who decided we should. But let me read from the piece that you will reveal the darkest secrets, how Hillary ordered the looting of her married lover, Vince Foster's office after a suicide, how Mr. Fixit arranged a lesbian romp for bisexual Hillary with a prominent Hollywood identity. Now, that was a very serious charges. Correct. Did you do those things? Those are also very serious words from Dylan. my involvement with all of that. Do I have happened. to like negotiate between you? No, no, you no, two? not at all, Sean. Look, explain the I scenario. Did, I, I will. I did indeed hold off the press for a half hour after Vince Foster's suicide. I was told there's going to be horrible news breaking. Hold off the press. The half hour turned into two hours because Maggie Williams and they went in and they, they took all the files out. We know that. Yeah, every, and the, they then they took out everything they wanted and then they put the other ones back. Exactly, and that's the kind of a situation where okay, I held off my members of the press and. In other words, the people who, who uh, worked at the tabloids, until they finally... Who ordered you to do that? That was ordered by the West Wing. Who? I'm not going to talk about that. That was, again, somebody who... Uh, but is, doesn't that explain the rottenness at the core of the administration? If you're getting a call from the West Wing telling you to do that, why, why, why not name that person's name? Well, because... I that person's not innocent. No, the person's not innocent, but it's also their place to come forward if they want. I really... I, How do you I know have, that she was having an affair with Vince Foster? It was talk around the office where I was working, and it was, you know, not even a secret, not even secret talk. Yeah. Well, WikiLeaks, there was an interesting thing about this woman, the Energizer, as she's been dubbed by by the Secret Service, and then it comes up in, in WikiLeaks that it was a problem. They had a subject line in the WikiLeaks release that said Julie, which happens to be the Energizer's real name, quote, saw a picture of her this last week's Inquirer. Podesta wrote December 22nd, 2014 to Cheryl Mills, and uh, then they talk about, we better revisit our Whitehaven conversation. What's that? Well, it is a smoking gun in the suggestion that Bill Clinton uh, was having an extramarital affair not so long ago and i guess uh in many ways sean the release of the wikileaks podesta emails indicates that while jeff roven might not be the bag man in 2016 there still are bag men uh and it comes by the form of uh, of podesta and the interesting thing to me is that the clintons have never voluntarily told the truth about what's important here their affairs their secret police their use of intimidation tactics it forced upon the national Enquirer to have to dig deep and report this and to me whilst it is salacious to read about uh lesbian trysts and extramarital you know that affairs, for a fact What's that? You, the lesbian trust. Yeah, you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. And you know the people she had them with. Yeah. But you don't name them. We don't name them. Let's just say watch this space. In fact, we've got a story coming out tomorrow that's very particular about the rottenness at the, at the core of the Clintons. And that is how the Clintons were able to orchestrate a blackmail plot against somebody who was associated in the Whitewater investigation to uncover a sleazy, dirty secret about that individual and indeed use it against them to their favour in the Whitewater investigation. I'm not going to name names at this point, but suffice to say, the National Enquirer has had reporters 
in two areas of the country in the last 24 hours. We are actively working this story, and I believe right. that this is a bombshell. That'll come out tomorrow. Last question for you, Jeff. You're, you seem reluctant. You seem like you've seen it all, but you're still hesitant to tell it all. Why? It's the sort of thing where, uh, again, I came forward in order to protect friends who I worked with then. and Friends that worked with you and covered up for you with them? Exactly. And also who knew the Clintons. And to get very specific would be to re-involve them in ways that it's not my place to do. Um, I, I don't mean to be coy about this. Would, she, would we be electing the single most corrupt individual for president if she wins? Uh, well, I don't know much about Warren Harding. I hear he wasn't so great, but uh, it's it's certainly plausible. All right. Thank you both for being with us. We'll look forward to what you have tomorrow. All right. 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. You know, with 95 million Americans out of work, I don't want you to suffer. I don't want the American dream out of reach for you. And I want you to have all your dreams come true. And that's where our friends at Express Pros are going to help. 760 plus locations around the country, and they are going to help you get the job of your dreams. And they never, ever charge a job seeker a fee at all to find employment. They also offer free video training on what skills are in demand in today's market, resume writing, interview tips. They've got the whole package. It's all free when you go to expresspros.com slash job genius. All right, so go to expresspros.com slash job genius. You don't want to be out of work, regardless of who wins this stupid election, which is driving me nuts at this point. I want you to be successful. All right, Patrick J. Buchanan is with us, the original insurgent. And uh, Patrick J., how's this going to uh, work out? Well, we're going to have to see. I do agree with Kellyanne Conway that uh, the Donald is probably behind. I was watching a number of shows this morning, maybe five points or something like that. Now, that's not a huge margin, and I don't know that he has to get up to absolutely even with Hillary, but he's got to start moving. There's only two weeks to go, Sean. How do you do it? I, well, my view would be to, uh, to, I mean, I think most people have made up their mind about Hillary, even those who think... Uh, those who say, really, I don't like her and don't want her, I'm going to vote for her. I think you do it with issues. And I think his original agenda of issues on, on the border security, on the trade deal, on the loss of jobs, on foreign wars, on all of these issues, and, and select individually the really important things that come out from the WikiLeaks thing and these other revelations. What about and Obamacare? Look at Arizona. Arizona supposedly is a swing state. Okay, Arizona, you're going to see <clears throat> your Obamacare, keep your doctor, keep your plan, and pay less, go up 116% this year. This year I, alone. I that's clearly a good, not only a good issue, Sean. I think the, the country's going to see that. That's being spread by television, uh, regular TV, as well as cable TV and the newspapers. It's front page everywhere. And I think people who understand it, but all those who detest Obamacare and want it repealed are probably already in camp. Yeah, well, you know, one of the things that Investors Business Daily in that poll suggested, and I went over these polls, look, I am being very realistic about the election, about what the results can or cannot be, and the bottom line is when you look at the states that need to be won by Donald Trump, he needs to run the table. And, you know, I I understand that everyone wants to look at whatever they're looking at and, and make up their minds, but Donald Trump needs to win the Louisiana, Mississippi, Montana, South Dakota, Tennessee, Alaska, Kansas, Nebraska Congressional District 2, okay? 
They're all they're all solid Trump. Those are locked. I can they're I can locked name in. them for you, Sean. Indiana, Missouri, South Carolina, Utah. I think they're solid Trump. This is where it matters. He's got to win Florida, Ohio, North Carolina, Nevada, Minnesota, or I'll get to another option in a second. He's got to win Iowa, Arizona, Georgia, Texas, Maine, second congressional district. Now, if he doesn't get Minnesota, he's got to get probably a combination of New Hampshire, Colorado, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Which ones is he going to get? Well, uh, I mean, New Mexico has been uh, has been very weak for us for a long time. It's not getting any better. Colorado is going the other way. There's no question about it, Sean. You know, demographically, I wrote in, in the Death of the West 15, 20 years ago that the Hispanization of the American Southwest and the American South and our cities and things. By the way, he could lose Minnesota, get New Hampshire, and he'd get to 270. Right, look, we haven't gotten Minnesota since 1988. Exactly. But there was a poll yesterday that has it at a two-point race. Listen, Reagan, let me tell you a story. Reagan won 49 states and lost Minnesota, and I went to work for him right after that in the White House, and I said, 49 states, not bad, Mr. President. He said, Pat, we didn't lose Minnesota. All right, but but hang on. Can he get... All right, right, so let's look at leading Clinton. If he can't get New Hampshire, then he's got to get either Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Colorado, New Mexico. Pennsylvania solves... Pennsylvania would not only solve New Hampshire, but solves the problem of uh, losing other states. Yeah. Listen, Pennsylvania would solve every problem, but Pennsylvania... So would Michigan. And so would Michigan. You're right. And so would Wisconsin, which has slipped away, which was at one point he was doing very well in. Uh, you know, what do you think the biggest problem is? And, and you're saying that if the election's held today, she wins. I mean, I, I agree with that. If it's held today, I think she wins because I think the 4 or 5%, it might come down to, uh, to lesser than that because of the enthusiasm for Trump. But the state-by-state state we've been discussing would take it away from I think the problem has been <clears throat> the, the, the tendency of the candidate to be pulled away and the campaign to be pulled away from the winning hand of issues that Trump had that had him as of about five weeks ago to at the point where he was about equal with uh, Hillary and he had momentum and he had these swing states falling in his favor, blue states falling in his favor. And since then, the constant distractions and the women thing and the Miss Argentina and the, and the bus ride and all of these things and the tendency to pull the candidate off them so it enables the media to stay on those issues well, this is what Hillary wants done, to stay away from all the big issues like her votes for war and her, her votes on NAFTA and uh, her open borders comment, to stay away from that and focus on Donald. Do you think Obamacare could push it back in his favor? I think, uh, look, the, the news on Obamacare is only good because it's proven that the Republicans are right and what Trump is saying is right, and the thing has probably got to be pulled back and reworked at least and repealed and replaced. But it makes his argument, the argument is now made. I mean, a court would slam down the gavel and say, you know, we rule in favor of what the Republicans said would happen. Yeah. All right. So let's let's go from here. Let's go over the states you think you'd play in. Well, I think you look, you've got to have Arizona. I mean, good, good heavens, if Texas, I would, you've got to have Arizona, you've got to have Georgia. But as you mentioned, Florida, North Carolina, Ohio are indispensable. You've got to get those. Then you get Nevada, and if you get Iowa, then you've got to get one more. That means, uh, I think, uh, New Hampshire. But New Hampshire's 
I mean, my old friend uh, Joe McQuaid's uh, been attacking Trump. He doesn't want him. He endorsed a libertarian, I think. Yeah, that's painful, and I agree. Yeah, what do you make? Newspaper, great guy. I've never seen anything like this, though, in all the years I've been doing this, which is 30 years in radio and, and 21 years, can you believe it, on the Fox News channel. I don't even think you were on CNN 21 years, were you? Oh, listen, I'd probably been thrown off by then. <laughs> <laughs> Am I doing something no, wrong, Pat? <laughs> I think you decided to run for president too probably much. probably running the second time, Sean, and then heading back to CNN. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You were back and forth like a, a yo-yo at some points. Um, but, but I've never seen anything like this. The Republican establishment against him, the globalist establishment against him, the Democratic establishment against him, and WikiLeaks more than anything has proven what, what I've been saying say, is Sean? journalism is dead the media establishment there's a story out today 91 percent of media coverage of trump has been negative i saw that but what does it tell you it tells you that donald trump on trade and on foreign policy and on immigration and on other issues that are the that go along with the conservative agenda of the party the populist conservative nationalist conservative they are an extraordinary threat they are the great threat to the establishment of this country and what you're seeing is the two wings of the same bird of prey coming together all the forces uh, of the of the central government and the national establishment are coming together they might call themselves republicans or what independents or whatever but they all are one when their vital interests are threatened and that's what trump does Threaten we we learned interests. in the latest email wikileaks dump of 65 big name reporters who work for the elite media coordinating their stories with hillary clinton's campaign staff by the way, no Fox News reporters made the list. At least 38 top national reporters attended a dinner with John Podesta at his house in April of 2015. The Clinton campaign sent out the invites to New York reporters in April of 2015. And, and it goes on and on. Now, the the Clinton campaign emailed a detailed the guest list as compliant reporters. I, I mean, and it's everybody you would know and then some. But look, Sean, if you go, I, don't, I haven't gone to the White House Correspondence Center for a long time. I've never been once. Thank you. Even even Obama got up there when he first was elected and said, now I'm here I am, I'm glad to be speaking to my base or something like that. And they all laugh. They all know it's true. And not only is the overwhelmingly that they support the candidate as they did Kennedy and as they did Humphrey, but also the savagery of the media, and frankly, they 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 will admit many of them that look, we're not we're not re- reporting the quote news or what he says. We're telling you when he's lying, and they'll say lying right in the lead in the headlines. I've never seen it this bad, and it's it's a permanent problem for the conservative movement. The great adversary of conservatism is located in the media. What happens, let's take a step back here, what happens on November 9th if Paul Ryan and all of these other uh, so-called conservatives that have been involved in sabotaging and all the never-Trumpers and the Wall Street Journal and NRO guys, and they all get their way, and Hillary gets to pick however many Supreme Court justices, and all of the people that did support Donald Trump, how angry are they going to be, and what does that mean for the Republican Party's future? Well, that's a, that's a great question, Sean. I think this because I'm going to be I'm going to be angry. Very young in the Goldwater era, and I know that you know Nixon did the right thing. He went out, though he disagreed with Goldwater campaign for him in every state, and went out to 35 states. My wife was with him as a secretary. I wasn't with her then, but she was a secretary. And when he and it ended, Rockefeller and Romney and Scranton and those guys that had cut Goldwater and ditched him and ruined his convention, they never made it. 
Nixon and Reagan were two guys that stood by Goldwater in that 44-state defeat, and they were the ones that rose. Now, I read that how, um, how moral and great and progressive and these guys did who have dumped on Trump and cut him dead, and how they're going to do really well, and they're the rebuilders of the party. I really don't think so. I don't think, guys, when you're, you're at Gettysburg and you've lost Gettysburg, that the guys that weren't there or that knocked you are the ones that whom you elevate and honor and reward. I think you're going to have, I don't, I think a lot, all these folks that have abandoned, uh, abandoned Trump, I don't think any of them will ever be nominated for president of the United States. And that means uh, John Kasich. That means Jeb Bush. No, that I means mean, Lindsey yeah, Graham. Jeb, that means. I think, I think Bush Republicanism is dead. I really do. I think the ideas, it's big ideas. What were they? You know, quote, immigration reform, which was another word for amnesty. He had his wars in Iraq and all that, you know, we're going to make democracies out of all these countries in the Middle East and send troops to do it. Our great trade deal, they're standing up there with Clinton signing on to NAFTA, Jim Baker and all the guys, and Mr. Bush Sr. So all these trade deals, they're behind all of them. How do they, what are they going to do, go out and say, we were right about these deals and we're going to work with Hillary and implement them? I don't know if Hillary can even implement TPP now. Because she herself realizes what Trump has been saying on these trade deals, the country has been hearing and agreeing with. Yeah, I, look, I agree with you on the trade deals. This has gotten so far out of hand. And, you know, what a sad state. I mean, I thought Trump's line about Flint, Michigan, it used to be the cars were made in Flint and dirty water was in Mexico. Now you got the cars made in Mexico and dirty water in Flint. You know, there used to be at one point, Pat, over 85,000 GM workers in Flint, Michigan. There's like 8,000 now. Yeah, and Ford you know, we and now. I think I've mentioned before, Sean, in the first decade of the 21st century, uh, we lost 55,000 factories and 6 million manufacturing jobs. That's almost one in three of all the manufacturing jobs we had. You just, you know, bombed what we've done to our own industrial base is pretty much what the uh, eighth air force did to the industrial base of japan and what uh, you know bomber harris did to the industrial base of germany we blew it all up only differently we've dismantled it sent it all abroad sent the jobs all abroad all the energy all the technology that goes with factories sent it all to china china is the greatest manufacturing country in the world and when i was in china sean they didn't even have street lights in shanghai i was there with nixon it was a place run by a bunch of mad monks and it was hardly a car on the streets. You know, let me ask you this, because I think this is very important. Do you think the Republic? do you think this movement of Trump, win, lose, or draw, continues? Because I think it does. I think this is the first shot fired. Well, it's not only going to get, I'll tell you why. It's because I'm going to tell you right now, I, I can't support the Republican Party as it's currently configured. Well, you know, I, I can't support people that are weak and don't fight. I can't know, support it's, people it's that. not only that, Sean, I mean, it's the, the problem with the establishment, which I've never been able to understand, is that it's not only unaware of what's going on. When it is given wake-up calls, it goes back to sleep. Look, the immigration issue, we discussed it back in 1991-92, out in the San Diego corridor. We said, gee, you got to build a fence here. they got got 5,000 people walking in on the weekends. That the trade, the, the manufacturing jobs were starting to go. They knew NAFTA was unpopular. They saw this stuff developing, and they did nothing about it. Do they think they're going to go back and say, we got a new free trade agreement with a massive worldwide free trade agreement, or we need open borders? Hillary's running away from that. And if they continue down that 
that road, and they send another army to the Middle East and another army to the Middle East. I mean, this you know, this country, the, the people will react then as they did now only exponentially. Unbelievable. Unbelievable times. You know what the sad thing is? You know who's getting screwed in all this, Pat? American workers, 95 million Americans out of the labor force. as middle America, whom we were supposed to represent. Uh, We don't represent them anymore because we represent open borders. And they represent big companies that want cheap labor. That's what they represent, and it's sad. Sure, they they represent the people that pay their salaries. I mean, look at the guys on the Hill. They were, once the election's over, they respond to the guys that write the big ticket checks, the Chamber of Commerce guys, the business roundtables, the big corporate guys, and they love this globalization. I mean, they're headed for Davos and Dubai, and they can move their factories over where they produce cheaply and then bring all the goods back to the USA. Well, listen, you know what, Pat? I'll be honest. I, you're not going to suffer. I'm not going to suffer, but our kids will, no, and our grandkids right. will. Well, that's exactly the, the, why the, the millennials are having a real problem. No, you're right. Look at how Americans have turned against so-called free trade. All right, Pat, i got to run. Patrick J. Buchanan, the original insurgent, thank you for being with us. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. And if you already have health care, then we're going to reduce costs uh, an average of $2,500 per family on premiums. The Affordable Care Act. Mm-hmm. The Affordable Care Act is bringing the cost of, of health care in our country down in both the public and private sector. And that is what is largely responsible for the deficit coming down. He passed the Affordable Care Act, a goal strived for by presidents starting with Teddy Roosevelt. It required him early on to use up almost all of his political capital. He prevailed where no president had done before. He was right. He was right. He cut and cut a hundred billion dollars. A hundred billion dollars from the federal debt over the next ten years. Have the Affordable Care Act. That is one of the greatest accomplishments of President Obama, of the Democratic Party, and of our country. And we have already seen 19 million Americans get insurance. We have seen the end of pre-existing conditions keeping people from getting insurance. We have seen women no longer paying more for our insurance than men. And we have seen young people up to the age of 26 being able to stay on their parents' policy. I've always said that the Affordable Care Act was something that was transformative. It helped us honor our promise of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness to the American people. Life, a healthier life, liberty to pursue their happiness, people's individual happiness because they could not, they wouldn't be job locked. They had a job because someone in the family had a pre-existing medical condition or that they did of themselves. If you're between jobs or you've got uh, a passion, you're wanting to start a business and uh, you're not going to have health insurance, this gives you the opportunity to get high quality health insurance and for most people under 30, it's probably going to cost you less than your cell phone bill uh, or your cable bill, less than 100 bucks. And then in some cases insurers just set their prices too low at the outset because they didn't know what the insurance pool was going to look like. And then they started losing money. And so now they've decided to significantly increase premiums in some states. Now, it's these premium increases in some of the states in the marketplace that sometimes attracts negative headlines. Remember, these premium increases won't impact most of the people who are buying insurance through the marketplace because even when premiums go up, the tax credits go up to offset the increases. So people who qualify for tax credits 
they may not even notice their premiums went up because the tax credits cover it. And keep in mind that these premium increases that some of you may have read about have no effect at all if you're getting health insurance on the job or through Medicaid or Medicare. So for the 80-plus people who already had health insurance, if your premium's going up, it's not because of Obamacare, it's because of your employer or your insurer, even though sometimes they try to blame Obamacare for why the rates go up. It's not because of any policy of the Affordable Care Act that the rates are going up. Keep your doctor, keep your plan, save on average per family $2,500 a year. Well, that's not happening. It hasn't been happening. And now this is only the latest in what has now been serious, significant increases in people's health care. On average, per family, you've seen $4,100 in premium increases since Obamacare has become the law of the land. This year alone, one in 10 Obamacare uh, enrollees will lose their current health care plan. So much for keeping your doctor and keeping your plan. And according to Bloomberg, 1.4 million people in 32 states, they will be looking for new plans when open enrollment begins because their old plans cease to exist. As a matter of fact, due to excessive losses, 17 of the Obamacare's 23 approved health care cooperatives now have shut down. Then you've got United pulling out. Then you've got Aetna pulling out. Then you've got Blue Cross, Blue Shield in many states pulling out. And many of the other big insurers also. Humana is reducing their coverage by close to 90%. United is reducing its coverage from 34 states to just three. Aetna's cutting nearly 70% of its coverage with a plan to offer health insurance in just 242 counties next year. In other words, your choices are shrinking, your doctors have left, and your prices are going through the roof. Let's go over the numbers. Because uh, this is the big story. It is the collapse of Obamacare. Another big government promise is breaking down. What a shock. It never was going to be financially doable. I told you at the time. But anyway, Obamacare premiums are skyrocketing. Uh, if you look at, for example, you got a great deal of jumps over 50 percent. And if you want to look at states, let's see. Approved hikes, 93 percent in New Mexico. Hikes to 50 to 92 percent in Arizona, Illinois, Montana, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania. Hello, Pennsylvania. How are you? You have up to a 92 percent increase. Tennessee hikes from 30 to 49 percent. Alabama, Delaware, Hawaii, Kansas, Mississippi and Texas. But they're saying on average a minimum of 25 percent. Now, if you really want to look at some of the uh, internals of all of this, if you look at Medicare spending, and hospitals, well, the result is the report archives of internal medicine show more deaths at lower spending hospitals. Get this, 17,822 seniors died over four years in the lowest spending hospitals in California would have survived with more care, according to a report in the Archive for Internal Medicine. Oh, Obamacare, death panels. <laughs> Guys like Hannity were right again. Joining us now to discuss, Dr. Larry Kawa is with us, Dr. Kathleen London, and Dr. Josh Umber is uh, with Atlas MD. Thank you all for being with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me back on. So I'm sure, Dr. Kathleen London, and the liberal that you are, you're going to defend this madness, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm not going to sit here and entirely defend this, but I do want to make a couple corrections. While the problems of the individual insurance market are real, 
they only affect a small fraction. What was the original? Wait, wait, wait. Let's set the stage. What was the original promise by Hillary and Obama? I'm, keep, I'm, keep your doctor. It wasn't Hillary. First of all, oh, Hillary excuse me. Hillary voted for it. And Hillary, whoa, whoa, whoa. And Hillary excuse Hillary me. Plan. Excuse it's me. Went, wrong. Hillary voted for it. And Hillary went out and made the same case herself. And Hillary said over and over again, you're going to save money, keep your doctor, and keep your plan. According to Kaiser which is a nonpartisan research group of the 10.5 million Americans who get health insurance through the Affordable Care Act marketplace, 85% of them receive income-based subsidies to defray the cost. Okay, you can say that all of you want, but that doesn't take away from the fact that you're going to see a minimum of 25% increases across the board and that you've got one health care provider after another pulling out. You've got people dying because of the well, lack of care. And, and we didn't care. save $2,500 a year. We went up $4,100 a year. Larry Cowart, explain. Well, in response to Kathleen, first of all, uh, there were uh, she is correct in the $10 million remark. However, bear in mind that a family of four that has an income up to $94,200 is still considered poor, that even though they're at 400% of poverty level, they still receive subsidies that, by the way, Kathleen, you are paying for. I'd also point out that according to that same study by Kaiser, there are 11 million people that are outside of the federal exchanges that have uh, had their, subs- their, their uh, premiums raised, and they are paying for that out of pocket. What you really need to ask yourself, Kathleen, is it worth having our kids borrow money from China to pay for this? Because you can't give away what you don't have. You can't stretch a fabric over 32 million more people thinking that it's you know, going to become thicker and of better quality as you stretch it over other people. It's a system. It's circling the drain. It's in a death spiral. I mean, the numbers speak well. We, we need the public option that we never got to begin with. We, don't, we can't go back to insurers denying coverage for pre-existing medical conditions. We can't go back to caps on lifetime coverage. We can't go back to not allowing children. All right, all right Kathleen, just because, you, Kathleen just because you scream it doesn't make it any more powerful, but it doesn't take away the reality. And that is 1.4 million Obamacare enrollees are now losing their coverage due to excessive losses. 17 of the 23 approved health care cooperatives have shut down. It doesn't take away from. Can I finish? Can I finish? I'm not I'm not done yet. It it doesn't take away from the fact that millions lost their plans, their doctors and are paying on average per family forty one hundred dollars more a year. And that's before the dramatic price increases this year. In other words, uh, Dr. Umber, we have been lied to again by big government, and big government again has failed in their promises to the American people. I, I would agree. They failed in the, the idea that they can actually fix this, uh, in part because I think we're arguing from the wrong premise that we need to insure everything. What the direct care doctors like myself and, and many others have done is decrease the cost of care to the point that you don't need insurance. Unloaded visits, no co-pays, free procedures, and wholesale medications up to 95% less than Walmart or Target means we're out-competing and, and we're bringing market forces to healthcare to actually decrease the cost curve in a way that helps people regardless if they have insurance. I think that's the conversation we need to have is we don't need insurance for everything. It's why we don't have car insurance for gasoline. What's your answer for that, Ms. Ms. Uh, uh, Clinton, an Obama apologist? Excuse me, um, I'm Dr. London, and I'm also direct primary care. But you're also an apologist for Obamacare, and you can't acknowledge a simple fact, and the fact is we were lied to. We were lied to repeatedly. We were lied to by Obama, we were lied to by Hillary, and you won't even acknowledge a simple truth. Why not? Sean, Sean, this is Larry Cowley. If you don't mind, I could chime in. Uh, I would like to ask either of the other two doctors, knowing that Obamacare mandates that the insurance companies must spend 80% 
uh, on, on health care, and they're not allowed to make more than a 20% profit. I, I'd like to put both of you on the spot and ask either one of you, knowing that like the average doctor, you probably operated about a 50 to 60% overhead, would you be willing to make a vow to operate by those same terms and give back anything over uh, 20% that you make to your patients like you're asking the healthcare companies to do since they're also private enterprises? No, because I think that is a ridiculous claim. Um, in a free market, we are free to charge what we can charge, provide the value that we can offer, and keep the difference. Um, I, I think it's just as wrong to ask the insurance companies to do that as it is to ask a private employer to do that. But that's still not fixing the problem. It's just fun with well, that. Well, that's what's being asked of the insurance companies. You, I agree. you just yes. said in your own words. But the insurance companies, and, and I, number one, they hide a lot of things in, under what they're calling costs and everything else. Look at the CEO salaries. Look what they're giving to shareholders. Like so that's a lot of bunk. You know, it, it's, it's very interesting to me to hear Kathleen go out there and attack the insurance companies. But why can't you admit a simple truth? That the promise that Obama and people like Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi made to the American people has failed, that they, we didn't keep our doctors and plans, millions lost them, that we didn't save $2,500 a year, we paid 4100 more a year, and it's going to go up dramatically again this year. Why can't you just admit that so they lied? One, the, the plan that was first... Oh, here end. it is. Is it Bush's it fault? That is in effect. It was never fully enacted. It's been piecemealed away. So there's so many things wrong with it. This is not the plan. This is not the plan that was put put in effect. None of it has I, been I, fully. Regardless, it, there's of so many things wrong opinion, with it. It needs to be repaired. To sit there and say you're going to repeal it and go back to the way things were isn't the answer either. Same no, I think that the there are solutions work. like HSAs, tort reform. In other words, you could also do education reform. You know, here in the United States, we're forced to go through four years of undergraduate college, whereas in Western Europe, they go straight into medical school, and that helps reduce the cost of health care. That still won't reduce the cost because it's not actually reducing the delivery of care. Third-party companies come in and be incentivized to reduce fraud and abuse. Sell insurance across state lines because having... You know, next year, selling insurance five, across uh, state lines people, won't help because that just complicates the administrative task of the doctors. Excuse me. La- well, last year, uh, there were one out of five people that uh, were um, were left without. Only one out of five people had. Excuse me. Last year, one out of fifty people had the choice of only one insurance company. Today, one out of five, that's 10 times more in 2017, will only have one insurance company to choose from. Lack of competition invites vulture capitalism and increase of fees. Ultimately, the one that's going to pay for that is going to be the taxpayer. It's going to be the people who, did we forget the 3.8% surcharge on dividends and on capital gains tax, so it's going to disincentivize uh, entrepreneurship. I mean, we're forgetting about those costs and the fact that we're borrowing money from China to pay for this. In New York City alone, just so you know, there were two, uh, these are people we do have, of course, compassion for, but there are uh, financial ramifications to to things. 208,000 undocumented immigrants for which New York City paid $400 million for health care. That's with Obamacare. Who's paying for that? The taxpayer. The New York taxpayer, where you have city and state taxes in, in addition. You know, Dr. London, I'd like to hear you say the American people were lied to by Obama, Hillary, and Pelosi. Say it. They were lied to by the insurance company. No, 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 no. Nice try. I don't know any insurance. I don't know any insurance company that said you get to keep your doctor, keep your plan, and pay less. $2,500 a year you save. Do you know any? 
I, I know I'm spending my time where I shouldn't be. I know, I know no, no, no. I, I think I, I want to hear you admit. Not my issue. That I want to hear you admit are. that the promise they made was not true, that they lied to us. I want to hear you say it. That's not my issue. Well, it's my issue. My, my issue and is you know what? And, excuse me. And you know what else? The average family that's paying $4,100 a year when they were told they'd save money, it's their issue. The millions that lost their doctors and plans, it's their issue. But I guess it's not a problem for you. You're just a rich doctor. I guess it's fine. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 